What is up, everybody? Before I get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee, a beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. Um, we're in a weird kind of place right now. Uh, cases in Colorado have been going down, trending down. Uh, hospitalizations have been trending down. I think the last count, we're approaching uh, less than 600 in the hospital, which is fantastic. Um, that could mean some greater uh, capacities in Denver restaurants. We're going to have to wait and see, to be quite honest with you. Um, but if you're like me, you don't want to risk it, go to bfwdenver.com. And if you want some wine, check out what they have to offer. You could get their 2017 Cabernet, which is my personal favorite, but uh, since these are grapes from Sonoma County, California, get yourself some some Pinot if you like some Pinot, or you know any sort of their blends, some Syrahs, some Malbecs, you know anything that you like. Uh, they also have white wines. They also have Rieslings with partnerships from Western Slope Wineries. One's called Restoration. The other one's called Storm Cellars. Um, and one in the Elk Mountains, which I wasn't aware of, but that one uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to try when I... Uh, actually make it back into Blanchard, hopefully when it's safe to do so. Um, really one of my favorite places to go in Denver. They are a local business, so please give them all the, your support you can possibly give them. Local businesses are really struggling right now, <clears throat> and they need your help. So, bunch of family wines located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Mozzie, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. You can go to uh, book your virtual wine tasting at bfwdenver.com or select a bottle of wine to have delivered to you, shipped to you, or you can go pick it up curbside. Uh, They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining us on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. All right, the last time we talked... um, we were talking about the Nuggets going on. You know, they managed to squeak out a win, um, you know, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Actually, not squeak, but they managed to get a win against Oklahoma City Thunder. And then they're going on this rough road trip, which concluded, included a back-to-back game, uh, games against the uh, Phoenix Suns. And... Uh, it's interesting to talk about it because the Nuggets won both of those games. The second game was far less impressive than the first. Um, both were overtime games, and the second game was a sec- two-overtime game. Um, however, we're seeing a trend here, specifically when it comes to the power forward position, specifically when it comes to Paul Millsap, that needs to be addressed here. Um, a couple months ago, I, I spoke about how getting old sucks and how it happens suddenly. It doesn't. It doesn't just happen uh, in a vacuum, right? Uh, three, four years ago, when Martin, when Paul Millsap signed here, he was a different player, um, much more agile, much more athletic player. Uh, he is not that player anymore. He was thirty-two when he came here. He's now thirty-six, almost thirty-six. Um, and I can, as I've attested on this podcast, and as people know who followed me on Twitter, uh, look, I'm old. Uh, I'm far older than Paul Millsap, but I am I am old, and I understand what it ta- what it means to get old suddenly. Uh, for me personally, it was the fact that I uh, that my hangovers 
would get wor- get substantially worse as I got older, which is one of the reasons I don't drink as often as I used to anymore. Um, but that's something that generally happens with age. Um, there's a lot of other things that happen with age, including, uh, you know, hair loss, blah, blah, blah. Right. No one needs me to describe it. No one needs me to describe what is going on. Um, that is something that we all... Paul Millsap is going through that right now. Right now he is experiencing something that uh, we all go through. And it, it, with athletes, it just happens overnight. Uh, you're not the same guy anymore. Yes, with some athletes, it's uh, injury. Uh, with other athletes who are generally not, uh, until he got to Denver, Paul Millsap wasn't exactly known to be injury prone. Um, his his issues were largely based on, at least since his second year here, the fact that he was getting older. And then you saw when they approached the bubble last year, um, after having what was, I think, a pretty good season heading up to the bubble, um, there was the gap from March to July uh, between what they were doing, and then suddenly he looked not good. And that's continued into this year, and it just it just happens. I think we all understand this. We all are cognizant of it. So rather than me rehashing my podcast from a couple of months ago, I'd like to address how you, uh, what I've seen and how you can manage it. Um, it was very clear to me a um, couple things happened yesterday uh, with Paul Millsap. In the second quarter, there was a stretch of basketball where Millsap completely blew, completely blew a, a uh, attempt to get an inbound bass, in, not inbound, a... Uh, entry post pass to him uh, because he was getting out-muscled by a smaller player and then was completely out of position and the play blew up. And then on the other end, he looked to be so gassed that his only only kind of resort was to push the player uh, who was shooting a three. Uh, he, he pushed him. And that's not something that, that, that Millsap does. It is, it is not something that he is known for. He's not a guy that like, goons people up. Uh, but it was startling. But at the same time, if you've been watching this year, Yoke, or, or Millsap will go through periods where he is you know, more akin to his normal performance level. And then he will uh, revert back to what we've been seeing through a lot of this season, which is extremely extremely poor production from a starting player. Um, and it is something that is indicative of a player who is reaching a, a point where their age is overwhelming their athletic talent. But we have seen a couple games this year where Millsap has really shown out. Um, the Nuggets have done, and I, in my view, uh, a poor job of putting him in a position to succeed. Um, having him in the position who he is right now is not emphasizing his talents. And I'm not necessarily talking about starting versus coming off the bench. That's a reductive kind of argument, kind of like what I've been saying about Michael Porter Jr., uh, where in the reality with MPJ is that he just needs to play with Jokic as much as, much as possible, regardless of whether he comes off the bench or starts, right? With Millsap, with Millsap, it's a little different. Millsap doesn't matter if he starts or not. I think that people get caught up in the starting 
thing, particularly when you get to a player who is, you know, I think this is his 16th season. Uh, you are coming up to a point where the veteran savvy helps you in certain areas, but what happens is his shifts tend to be too long. He doesn't get opportunity to feast against lesser players, i.e. people in the uh, bench units. So he gets kind of lost in this. I mean, it makes it look worse than he is. Um, his his starting shift should be shorter. And I keep coming back to this, and people who've listened to the Morecast for, you know, however long I've been doing the solo Morecast will know that I, I bring up <clears throat> what George Carl did with Dante Jones. Now, Dante Jones at that time was not a... Uh, and a, a old wily vet. He was, you know, still relatively young in 2008-2009. Uh, his, but what George Carl did with him was he, he just played him for a designated stretch. The start of the first and the start of the third quarter. And that's what he would do. And that actually maximized what Dante Jones was able to do. And then he played the different players for the rest of the game. Uh, rather than doing something like that, what, Dunt, what, what, what needs to happen is Michael Malone needs to play him for about four minutes to start the game, take him out, and then play him when he play him in a larger bench role and put Michael Green playing with the starters as much as possible. Um, if there's anything that we have seen this year is that Michael Green um, has been such a positive on this roster, I think he is being wasted in bench spot bench duty. Uh, he needs to play a greater role in helping this team get off to better starts. One of the big issues right now is that the Nuggets uh, don't start games very well. Um, and that's going to get catch up to you when you, when you get into uh, the NBA. You just can't have particularly halves of basketball games where you just are not, are not functional. And some of that is the Nuggets have a very uh, discombobulated starting lineup. The lineup is is when they go through droughts, it is largely because the three players who are not Jokic and Murray tend to go dry at the same time. The easiest fix right there is Paul Millsap, and not in the sense where he can't, shouldn't start, but he should be given an opportunity to feast on bench units. And I think part of that is has been frustrating. The, Malone did that more last year, and I think he just doesn't know to, how to handle uh, Paul Millsap being this ineffective. I don't think he was prepared for it. I think he, I think he has become, uh, in a sense, and a symbol of what Malone is trying to hang on to rather than moving forward. When all the indications point that Michael Green should have a greater role and Paul Millsap should be given spot duty uh, on bench units when he has a matchup advantage. Um, and I think Paul Millsap would be okay with this. Um, like I said, start him for four minutes, bring him back in the second quarter, uh, have maybe play alongside Michael Green in a small lineup that features Michael Porter Jr., um, have him come in and be a guy who gets match matchup 
advantages against players who aren't as good. Because Millsap's wily veteranness isn't like Andre Miller. Andre Miller was able to art outsmart people at the end of his career. But he was able to do it at a point where he's, his own disadvantages weren't going to hurt him as much. Andre Miller was old and slow by the time we get to 2012-2013, right? But he was also able to uh, exploit the actual disadvantage, the, the, the people who were more athlete than they were basketball player. He was able to exploit that and turn it into, you know, everyone knows what my Andre Miller would do. It's a little different when you're a power forward. You're a big guy. And a lot of the players at your position right now are stretch fours, and they're they're bench players and are not bench players. They are players who um, will shoot threes. And what's happening is that Millsap's actual physical talents and being able to close gaps and being smart on defense are being minimized because he just doesn't have the pep in his step that he used to have. So. Rather than having this gaping inefficiency where the Nuggets are ending up behind the eight ball after every first quarter, the Nuggets could mitigate that by bringing Jermichael Green in earlier. Bringing him in, I say, like after four minutes, and then cycling Millsap back in to where he's not having to be uh, exerting himself in a way that is not conducive to him getting being a productive offensive player, then let's face it right now, there are games where Millsap will get zero points, two points, four points. Uh, and a lot of it is because he can't use, he just doesn't have that physical advantage anymore. And it is part of the contribution to where the Nuggets are not, you know, able to get out to good starts. See, very, when I've talked about staggering lineups, this is part of it. Learning how to maximize your players' your your players' abilities is part of the next level you take as a coach, hopefully. And Malone has, as we've seen, struggled mightily with that this year. Mightily, uh, the starters get played too much, um, particularly Jokic and uh, Murray. Um, because they are so inefficient in the first half. And they are so, there's such a gaping, um, ga- there's, such a, there's such a gaping issue right there with the, the and it's, the starters are great. But now what's happened is the bench has come in and they've kind of solidified themselves a lot more. But the, the Nuggets kind of have a, they, get, they just get behind the eight ball. And what's happening is the starters, as, as good as Jokic, this should give you an appreciation of how good Jokic has been this year, right? The Nuggets are behind the eight ball. After, basically, as you've seen it, after, except for maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder game, they're behind the eight ball in basically every first half. Um, and Jokic has been the one who's had to keep them afloat. Uh, Murray has been hurt. Uh, Murray had a good game on the second night of a back-to-back that he probably should not have been playing. Just throwing that out there. Um, but Jokic, Jokic just had to uh, lift a tremendous amount because the lineup is just so 
inefficient. And they're starting to find themselves, but the problem has been their starting unit, particularly the Harris, Barton, and Millsap trio, they will have good nights and bad nights. And Millsap's bad nights are outnumbering his good nights. I understand the good stuff that Gary Harris brings. He will go into offensive Siberia and he will almost single-handedly drag down an offense with him because no one respects his shot sometimes. But he is, on the flip side, so good at guarding point guards that you need him. You need him out there big time. Um, Barton is another issue. I think he's still hurt. Um, And he's having up and down games, as we've seen. Uh, Millsap is just old. And you add those three together, and Mil- and Jokic and Murray are just having to do so much lifting, particularly Jokic. It's amazing he's as durable as he is, as much of the load he's had to, had to bear this year. And look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The Nuggets are now 9-7. and seven. They started out, um, if we go back to when they were 6-7, and seven, I can count on my hand probably about three wins that the Nuggets had, even when they were playing bad opponents, that they wouldn't have had if Jokic wasn't out there. He has had to lift a tremendous amount. A lot of it has to do with the Nuggets have just not found any lineups. Um, It's, like I said, starting to coalesce. But until they learn to maximize what Paul Millsap can do and what he can provide, there's still going to be this gaping inefficiency in the starting lineup that you are going to get a giant, on more nights than none, you're going to get a giant zero from the triumvirate. And Jokic and Murray are going to have to do a whole bunch of heavy lifting. Notice I haven't been talking about Michael Porter Jr.'s role in this. All right, That's going to take care of itself. Malone has no choice. He's, the, the, the choice is forced upon him. He's going to have to give Michael Porter Jr. a bigger role. I'm talking about guys that he are his trust guys right now. And, Mil- and Millsap in particular is having such a hard time. And maybe it's time to give him a different role where he starts and plays more, mon- more minutes with the bench unit to where he can exploit those uh, mismatch problems and mismatches and inefficiencies in second units rather than being kind of the glaring donut hole in this starting lineup. All right, well, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I will be talking to you guys hopefully soon. Goodbye.